So for about 30 years, I guess, I've been telling people about the dangers of snorting political power through the medium of finely ground up children's futures known as fiat currency, which is currently, of course, swallowing up Greece, tomorrow Puerto Rico, the day after that the Euro, the day after that, well, pretty much the Western crap type whatever you want into your own bank account economy as a whole. And um, information just came out, like documents have been released that show that even if Greek, Greece meets all of its financial obligations, it's still going to be massively in debt for decades and decades and decades and decades. And so it's completely unworkable. It's completely unsustainable, as has been known. I did a show five and a half years ago in 2010 with Max Kaiser about this. And um, this has been seen coming by anybody with uh, non-statist cataracts in their eyeballs for as long as this fantasy has been going which is about 2,500 years. It's not really good to put a country into a situation of unsustainable debt. Uh, for those who don't remember, the Treaty of Versailles, where the Allies put Germany under the uh, boot of debt for what was going to be decades. This was, of course, uh, in 1918-1919. Germany was still going to be paying off its war debt into the 1980s. Instead, they hyperinflated their currency, destroyed the middle class, created a power vacuum filled by one mustachioed Austrian. And hey, look at that. You're getting paid in bullets, which is what generally happens when you strangle a population through debt. Now, of course, there's lots of people on the internet who are saying, ah, you see, those nasty bankers, those nasty bankers are enslaving the poor, innocent Greeks. And, um... I don't think anyone held a gun to their head and told them to take all this money. So Greece spent, nobody really knows, between 10 and $15 billion on the 2004 Athens Olympics. And um, this is on a population of 10 to 11 million people. So $1,300, $1,500 per person for those Olympic Games, wherein a lot of people run in circles under a hot sun and then virtually collapse from exhaustion. Uh, not an unapt metaphor for what's going on in Greece uh, at the moment. Uh, of the 22 giant stadiums and structures built to house the 2004 Athens Olympics, 21 of them are currently unused. The rest of them, wonderful places for weeds to grow. And... Um, this is to celebrate. Uh, it would have been way better. See, if we, if we spend less money on the facilities, go back to the original Greek games, which was naked, oiled guys throwing javelins in the air, uh, play that back in slow motion. At least you're going to get the gay demographic and, of course, the shallow woman demographic tuning in to enjoy the spectacle. But instead, uh, they just set money on fire for the sake of uh, two weeks or three weeks of games. And uh, that is just wretched. Now, so for Greece, this is a, a view for the rest of the world, of course. So you're a heroin addict and your best friend is currently in hospital in intensive care uh, on the critical list because he just OD'd on the same stuff that you're injecting into your veins. This is generally a wake-up call. We can use the example of Greece to wake ourselves up to the dangers of pretending that we can live forever off imaginary money or that uh, borrowing creates debt or that money printing creates wealth. Uh, this is, of course, an ancient illusion that goes all the way back to Greece uh, and, of course, uh, ancient Rome and the inflation of the late empire when the value of copper, silver, and gold coins was eaten away 
with basically metallic currency dumping uh, of junk into the coins uh, to pay for warfare and welfare. Well, at least we've learned that lesson in the intervening 2,000 years. So yeah, you're, you're, you're an addict. Your best friend is uh, clinging to life after just uh, ODing. And this can, of course, be a wake-up call. And we can serve Greeks' idiocy and greed uh, and self-deception by uh, learning from that lesson. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, having done this for 30 years and uh, only seen it accelerate. But uh, there are some lessons to be taken from Greece. Number one, uh, if whoever can sell you an illusion will own you, especially if it's a foundational illusion, like nationalism, pride, uh, care for the poor by borrowing money, which is simply deferring further poverty disasters into the future, or if they can get you to believe in some supernatural sky ghost or whatever, then they own your ass. Uh, if you allow people to talk, to into, talk you into the impossible, the ir irrational, the anti-rational, the illusory, then they own you because you become addicted to those illusions. What we snort is the satanic dreams fed to us by those in power. What we become addicted to is using the government to shield us from reality, to shield us from consequences, to shield us from mathematics and basic mathematics. We're not talking vector calculus, who always sounds like a Bond villain. Ah, vector calculus. I used to know a man named the vector calculus. But uh, we use the government to shield us from reality. And whenever you turn away from reality, you become addicted to that which is the shield against reality, and this is what is occurring. But we don't have to have it that way. Another great illusion pointed out by Greece at the moment is, uh, hey, remember that money that you uh, put into the bank? Yeah, well, it's not your money. See, they can just say, nope, you can't have it. Oh, maybe 60 euros just so you can go and buy some cat food to chow down on. Maybe if you're a pensioner, we'll give you 120. But no, you can't have your money. Uh, and this is a great wake-up call. Of course, banks are a complete nonsense in the modern age. They're designed to give you a tiny return on interest, which you need because of inflation, uh, which you need because of the money printing, which often goes to the banks to give you the tiny pittance. Anyway, you get the cycle. But um, yeah, it's not your money. You think it's your money, but they can just shut down the banks. Banks are shut down all week uh, in Greece, and there are strict limits on what you can get out of the ATM. There are going to be capital controls, I'm sure, placed even further on what you can take out of the banks. So it's not your money. It's not, they're not holding it for you. They've lent it out. They've poofed it up. Uh, they've they've uh, spent trillions of your dollars to prop up the ruble uh, in the past for a couple of months, as Harry Brown used to say. It's not your money. So that's an important, again, it's not your money. That's the great wake-up call that should be coming out of Greece at the moment. Uh, the unemployment, of course, 60% for those under the age of 24, uh, just wretched. It is true. It is true, of course, that the old uh, and those who are uh, retired, not always the same category in Greece, where you can retire as, your life, as a lifeguard in your late 40s. But um, it's true that the old are going to suffer uh, when the economy begins to unravel as the result of uh, hyper-borrowing and hyper-spending and hyper-money printing. Well, less money printing now that they're under the uh, restriction of the euro. But uh, that's, okay, well, sorry. But, you know, in the past, it's always been the young who have to suffer when the economy teeters on the edge of collapse because that's when wars start. And so, yeah, the old are going to have to cut back on their calories. But that's okay because in the past, tens of millions of the young in these kinds of situations had to, say, cut back on the rest of their whole fucking lifespan. So I think it's not too bad to ask for these kinds of sacrifices to be made by the retirees because, of course, the retirees were voting for all this crap 
before some of these young people were even born. And as I learned from the old when I was young, you don't study for the test, you get an F. Actions have consequences. Wake up, own up, accept that actions have consequences. In 2012, the number of employed people in Greece was 3.8 million. And of course, we use the word employed very loosely since a lot of them were working for the government, which is working against actual employment. But the number of officially employed people in Greece was 3.8 million people. The pensioners and the unemployed totaled 4.1 million people. See, 3.8 million people went to government school. 3.8 million less than 4.1 million. So you've got a population of 11 million, 3.8 million are working, 4.1 million are unemployed or pensioners. See, that can't be brain surgery to figure out. That is not a sustainable situation. See, if you go to the doctor with a tumor that's bigger than you are, it might not be the easiest recovery known to man. That's just something to keep in mind. You've got a wheelbarrow to take your tumor into the doctor with, and it weighs more than you do. It's not going to be very easy from there. And of course, this is a country with a fertility rate of 1.4. Uh, per couple, um, far below the 2.1 needed even to maintain the population. So the reality is, Greeks, please don't embarrass yourself. Please don't pretend to be surprised. Uh, you guys gave us democracy, logic, reason, empiricism, the basis of the scientific method, all kinds of wonderful intellectual genius throughout the ages. Please don't pretend as a population to be confused by math that my six-year-old daughter can handle with ease as she did when I went over these numbers with her. So please don't pretend to be confused by, by this. You're, you're just embarrassing yourself. Everybody else saw this coming. Uh, everybody else with any brains uh, screamed that this was coming. The fact that it's here now, okay, you've got to do a reset. I've put uh, in my last video what I would do were I in charge with Greece. But you really, really have to stop running to uh, all of these people who are just somehow promising to keep you away from reality. That, it's not going to happen. There's nobody who can promise you to reverse or uh, repeal the laws of mathematics and physics. You know, if, if you've put on 20 pounds, you, there's no point voting for a politician who promises to dial down gravity so you'll feel a lot lighter. I mean, that's madness. And, and politicians have a lot of power. They have a lot of guns. They can put a lot of people in jail. They can create a lot of money out of thin air. What they cannot do is repeal math. They cannot make two and two equal five. Uh, and if you're hoping that um, you can vote for someone like the current uh, leftist uh, uh, lunatics, if you're hoping that somehow you can get someone to bring magical unicorns of gold to solve your problems, you are um, deranged and, and madness. So please uh, don't, uh, don't pretend to be surprised. Um, now, the last thing I wanted to mention is a guy wrote about a video I did recently where I talked about the need to confront people with these uncomfortable truths. He, he wrote, he said, I kind of get what you're saying, that you're essentially a coward if you don't engage in political or religious debate. But people realize that by doing so, you may jeopardize your relationship with a friend, potential friend, or a family member. So it just ain't worth it. And I have to agree. Well, how's that working out for Greece? Greece avoided essential conversations about the nature of freedom, personal responsibility, property rights, integrity, money printing, I mean, everybody has known for years and years and years that Greece falsified its records, lied, cheated, defrauded the rest of Europe to get into the European Union. Did anyone have a crisis of conscience about that? Did everyone say, whoa, this is really not good. We are way out of reality here. If we're doing as a 
country, that which would get you thrown in jail as an individual, well, it's kind of the definition of a country, but even in the mainstream, that was off the charts as far as uh, using the Sopranos to wedge your way into a bigger economic pie. Nobody's no crisis of conscience. People are like, eh, this is what the government does. Well, this is what the government does, and this is what a failure to have conversations about the nature of government, the nature of intergenerational predation, the nature of debt, the nature of vote, vote buying, uh, the nature of rank delusionary overspending. People not having these conversations, and this is where it leads you. You can avoid reality doesn't mean reality is going to avoid you. So this idea that somehow it's easier, it's easier just not to have difficult conversations about people. Hey, old people, get your money out of my pockets before I even have pockets while I'm still in the goddamn womb. Stop sucking out my life juice through the umbilical and using it to snort ouzo on some Greek island which has very low taxes. It does not help us to avoid these conversations. It simply makes the results worse. See, there is pain to the limitations of reality. There is pain to mortality. There is pain to aging. Sometimes it shows up in the back of my neck if I sleep funny. There is pain and discomfort to the natural limitations of living in three-dimensional reality. Uh, human desires are infinite and resources are finite. And there is discomfort about bumping up to the natural limits of life. I used to be able to eat a candy bar a day. I haven't done that in probably 10 or 15 years. You have to adjust your behavior. Yeah, yeah, got to give up smoking. It's bad for you. You got to give up over drinking, sleeping around. It's probably going to give you an STD. So you bump up against the limits of reality. And uh, yeah, we're uncomfortable with that. And that's nothing wrong with that. That's why we have technology that extends and expands what we can do in reality. Because Limits are uncomfortable. We like to push beyond them. I get that. And there's nothing wrong with that. In a free market, that produces all kinds of wonderful goodies. But the problem is that the government is a kind of drug that allows you to shield yourself from reality without the necessity of innovation and risk and failure. And that is a huge problem. Civilization does not fall from evil. Evil merely stimulates both greed and vanity in order to have people surrender their rights. If you really care about Greece, you'll support spending $1,400 per head on games that last a couple of weeks. Where's your pride? Where's your vanity? Where's your greed for the unearned? The hell does it matter to you? If people from Zimbabwe run faster around a track, what the hell does that have to do with you? It doesn't affect your cardiovascular health. All it does is rip your wallet out through your testicles. So, Civilizations fall, not from evil, but from greed. Greed for the unearned. Greed to break free from the bonds and limitations of living with mortality, of living with finite resources. Uh, it is the greed, the delusion, the megalomania that we can become as gods and step outside the bounds of that which limits us. Uh, it is the desire to, um, as Jesus, when he was uh, 40 days in the desert and the devil came to him and said, you can have the whole world. And he said, no. No. Knowing where your limits are is essential to the maintenance of civilization. Because if you have a toothache, a terrible toothache, and you take morphine or some pain-killing drug, the morphine will shield you from the pain, but it will not shield you from the disease. 
Morphine will shield you from the pain, but it will not shield you from the disease. Now, governments can shield you from truth, but they cannot shield you from reality. You cannot consume more than you produce forever. If you take morphine for a toothache, you're shielded from the pain, but the disease gets worse. If you use government to shield you from the truth, reality gets more and more brutal. Once we learn this lesson, we will cease forever finding ourselves in these ridiculous, pathetic, vicious, vile, destructive cycles.